0: My name is Podrigo Tuma and something I've noticed over the last few years in poetry is that I've become increasingly more and more interested in poems about material things, a poem that's describing something you can touch or feel or taste or see, something that has a body of its own. I find such comfort in that. Strangely, when I've been in times of grief myself or difficulty, that can be In the midst of being a very physical sensation of feeling heavy or finding it difficult to move, you can also feel out of your body. And a poem that brings you into your body, that brings you into paying close attention to something, often helps me pay attention to myself as well. Worm by Gail McConnell Burrowing in your allotted patch, you move through the dark. Muscles contracting one by one in every part, lengthening and shortening this slick segmented tube of you, furrows in your wake. Devising passages for water, air, you plot the gaps that keep the structure from collapse. Dead things you know, plants and creatures both. Your grooves shift matter, sifting as you go. Eyeless, your appetite aerates. Eating the world, you open it. You ingest to differentiate. Under the foot-stamped earth, you eat into a clot of leaf mould. Clay and mildew and express what you can part with. As self-possessed as when you started. Your secretions bind the soil. Your shit enriches it. How things lie now will be undone, will reoccur. You, a surface level archivist, sensing all there is can be gone through. The body born within its plot. This is a poem called Worm, and it really is a poem to a worm. Gail McConnell is one of many poets who writes what you could call creaturely poems, who takes a really clear and full-eyed vision of a creature in front of her and looks at it and researches it. There's all kinds of data about worms in this poem. Some people might take an eagle or a whale or a dog. Um, I love this because it takes such a close look at a worm, something that perhaps we spent a lot of time thinking about as children, finding worms gross or curious. But this is a, a poem that pays such intellectual and investigative and imaginative attention to a worm. This is a poem, a short enough poem of 20 lines, There's sentences that stretch out over lines in this poem and the first sentence is four lines long and then the next sentence is two lines and then the next sentence is half a line followed by another half a line. And on and on throughout the poem there's sentences of one line or three lines or one and a half lines or half a sentence that moves into another half a sentence. It's almost like the poem too is taking the shape of a worm, stretching itself out and then contracting itself, stretching out and contracting and Burrowing its way through the dark and being present while moving and making itself longer and shorter, just like the worm does. So the the poem too is doing the work that it's admiring. for this I wondered, what is a worm? (laughs) It's described as a, a long cylindrical tube of a body with no limbs. It doesn't have lungs either. It breathes through its skin. And worms are usually eyeless. This is an earthworm that's being described here, something that burrows. And the poem pays attention to how the earthworm's muscles contract one by one to move it along lengthening and shortening and how a worm secretes a certain kind of oil to keep it slick so it can move and that also helps the earth and the worm is made up of segments and specifically for earthworms there's very particular things that are present on different segments of the earthworm and the earthworm burrows through old leaves and the bodies of dead animals and aerates the soil and then its secretions and shit it nurtures the earth too and so there's such a lot of scientific attention that Gail McConnell pays um, to the earthworm in this poem. I had never thought of a, a worm being addressed as you, though. I always thought of being addressed as it. And Gail McConnell does something with this tiny little word, you, burrowing in your allotted patch. You move through the dark and then the slick segmented tube of you furrows in your wake There's such an intimacy in talking to a worm as you rather than it. And that, I think, lends the attention that this poem pays, something of an intercreaturely intimacy, something where it's a creature talking to and about a creature rather than a person talking about a thing. Gail is very interested in all kinds of creaturely poems. She's got poems about narwhals, which are sometimes described as the unicorns of the sea. It's kind of like a a dolphin, perhaps, with a a horn. Amazing. Or cuttlefish, she writes about them too, and seahorses as well. I was always really interested in how she chose to pay attention to a particular creature and not another creature. And one time she was giving a reading And she said that she is particularly interested in creatures that have had to learn how to survive and live in the dark and in dark and deep places. And that is one of the things that attracts her imagination. And suddenly all of these creaturely poems of hers made sense, and especially this one about the worm. Gail McConnell's father was murdered in nineteen eighty-four by the IRA, the Irish Republican Army. So her life has been spent really in the wake of political assassination and grief and sadness, as well as the the weightiness of being a, a public victim in the context of ongoing political and national and geographic warfare. The Irish Republican Army, the IRA, were using a campaign of violence and murder and terror in order to campaign for an Ireland that they believed in. And over the course of 1968 to 1998, a period that we might call the Troubles, over the course of that period of time, three and a half thousand people were murdered by different paramilitary organisations and armies, and Gail McConnell's father was one of them. And so when you know that about Gail's interest in creatures that have had to survive in the dark and learn how to thrive in the deep, not just scrape by surviving, but thrive actually, suddenly you can come to all these lines in this poem about the worm with a new sensibility. You know, you look at the line, you move through the dark, and then you plot the gaps that keep the structure from collapse. And then these four words, dead things you know, And then she talks about how the worm can express what it can part with as self-possessed as when you, it, started. She says how things lie now will be undone. And then you, a surface level archivist, sensing all there is, can be gone through. There's something about looking at this worm and realising that it thrives and actually helps the deep and the dark by its own way of living, its own capacity to do. It doesn't have eyes, it doesn't have lungs, it doesn't need them. But what it does have, it uses to extraordinary purpose. And this, I think, is one of the reasons why there's such respect for the worm in this poem, because there's a curiosity about what does it mean for any person who has had to learn how to plough the depths of their own grief, their own life, their own shock. What does it mean to look at them with respect? And the ways of survival, the ways of thriving that might have been unexpected, but that they have learnt and that are life-giving to those around them. I think this poem is about many things. You know, first of all, it's about a worm, an actual worm. And second of all, it's about what it means to find a way to thrive and find your own way in the dark, in unseen places. And in a third hand, it's also about both of those things. It's about both the worm and what it means to burrow your way through. But if you were to think about this as a poem speaking about finding your way in dark places, there can be an idea sometimes when you're in grief to say, OK, I got through it. I've gone through the first, the second and the third stages of grief, and that's done now. And this poem is wise because it says how things lie now will be undone, will reoccur. There's a wisdom in this to say your work might be to keep on going through this patch of earth. This will be your work, to aerate it now and again today, and again tomorrow, and again next week, and again and again. And that that is not meaningless. That's actually part of the dignity of thriving. That's part of the dignity of living. And that is a wise aspect within the context of this poem, to look at a worm that has a particular allotted patch and to say it might not have been chosen that I would find my way burrowing through the circumstances of my life. But that even if that's what you're doing, That's okay, because how things lie now will be undone and will reoccur. That's the way for so many of us. Worm by Gail McConnell Burrowing in your allotted patch, you move through the dark, muscles contracting one by one in every part, lengthening and shortening the slick segmented tube of you, furrows in your wake. Devising passages for water, air, you plot the gaps that keep the structure from collapse. Dead things you know, plants and creatures both, Your grooves shift matter, sifting as you go. Eyeless, your appetite aerates. Eating the world, you open it. You ingest to differentiate. Under the foot-stamped earth, you eat into a clot of leaf mould, clay and mildew, and express what you can part with, as self-possessed as when you started. Your secretions... Bind the soil, your shit enriches it. How things lie now will be undone, will reoccur. You, a surface level archivist, sensing all there is can be gone through, the body born within its plot. To Gail McConnell, who gave us permission to use her poem Worm from her book 14. Read the poem on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is Gotham Schriekeshen, Aaron Kalasako, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Bowe. and me, Chris Hegel. Our music is composed and provided by Gotham Schriekeshen and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen, or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.